Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Living with Power Hope podcast. I uh, hope you are having a great day, and I am so glad you tuned in. We are doing a special leadership edition to the podcast. We're in, I think, about 20 episodes. I always hate to commit to a number, but a few episodes where we're focusing on leadership. We have done all sorts of things on this podcast, everything inspired to give you hope. And so if you're looking for interviews about current events, topics, uh, look in our podcast archives. You'll find a ton. You can find them on iTunes under Hope Podcast, where you can also leave a review. Or you can go to our app, livingwithpower.org. Uh, this is our website, our app, Living With Power, on Android and phone. And you will find a tab that says Podcasts. And just go crazy. You'll also find a ton of other resources. We've got a Power Minute, which is a daily online devotional that you get in your inbox. That will take you about a minute to read. And uh, uh, you've got Morning Minutes, which is a verse-by-verse Bible teaching through a book of the Bible, five minutes a day, just all sorts of things. We're studying 2 Corinthians right now. If uh, you're looking for uh, community, we've got some things coming up the pike too. So keep in touch, follow us on social media. But right now we're going to switch gears and get into our topic for today, which is uh, for leaders on overcoming failures, overcoming failures. And Again, Jesus has sort of been the backdrop to everything we do. Of course, he never failed. So in this situation, we're going to look at how he handled the failure in his people. And that uh, story is probably my favorite. I've taught on it a bazillion times before, but I'm going to use it as a backdrop to um, what I want to give you today. Three thoughts on overcoming failures. And uh, it is uh, my thoughts are going to be from John chapter 21. Uh, you know, not an intense Bible study here, but just some backdrop story. Uh, I love story. I think we've learned so much from biblical stories as to how God wants us to handle our life and our leadership. The story, of course, is Peter who had denied Jesus after claiming that he would never deny him. So he had publicly said he would go to death for Jesus if, if the needs be. And Jesus had warned him that before the cock would crow, he would deny him three times. And indeed, that happened on the night of the crucifixion. And Peter uh, heard the crow, uh, the cock crow and was devastated and disappointed. And in John chapter 21, he's just on the down he goes into the boat you know fishing with the disciples and you can feel the heaviness the overwhelmedness of that's a word i just make up made up but he's he's just he's a failure in his mind and uh who hasn't been there i I go there so often i can't even i mean i couldn't even make you a list of the ways that i have failed in my life and yet uh, and yet here we are as how do you overcome failures as a leader because if you're a leader you're gonna face failure it's not a matter of if it's when and uh I'll encourage you today. We're going to renew our hope as we fix our minds on the Lord. But um, look at what Jesus does. Just as day was breaking, this is John 21, verse 4. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work and threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took bread, gave it to them, and so with the fish. 
This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. Now, we move into his encounter with Peter. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Peter answers, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. So Jesus says, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. Have you overcome failure as a leader? Here's the three encouraging thoughts. Number one, uh, your failure is never a surprise to God. All right. I think in order to overcome failure, you've got to come to terms with that. God isn't disappointed that you failed. He's not surprised that you failed. He's not mad that you failed. He expects it. Remember the entire encounter earlier with Peter and with Jesus? Every gospel describes it where, where, where they talk about this and, and, and Jesus says to Peter, you're going to deny me. And, and, and Peter says no, and it happens. So it was not a surprise to Jesus that Peter denied him. And equally in your life. Whether you failed a board exam like I did after I finished my pediatric ER fellowship, my first and only test that I've ever failed, but it was my most important test. I failed it. It wasn't a surprise to God. I found in that situation, by the way, I've had other situations where I sunk into deep despair. I, I was in a little bit of despair, but two weeks after this happened, I applied. I had applied for a job as an attending at um, a big children's hospital in Chicago. And I told the chairman, I said, I, I need you to know as I'm applying for this job that I just failed my board. I was convinced they were not going to hire me. And that day he said to me, okay, people fail. You're going to have to take it again, but we're still going to hire you. And it was like a sign of God's grace and, and, and so much learned from that encounter. But usually the turnaround for me doesn't happen that quickly. Usually I fall into despair and I doubt God's goodness and, and I'm always ashamed of my failure and I think God's going to be disappointed in me. And, and yet all along, it's never a surprise to God. See, God didn't choose you to be a leader because of your potential, but because of his. All right, this is so important. It wasn't like God was like, you know, here's Tina or Lena or Irina. I'm going to pick on my team. That's our ministry team. He didn't say, I'm going to pick on them because they're, they're, they're leaderly or they've got potential. No, I mean, we might have a little human potential, but it'll amount to nothing without him or to limited ability without him. Uh, and so, um, so God then chose us because of our potential, because of his. God isn't using us because of how well we've done so far, but because of his love for us. So we are under this performance law sway you know rather than being under grace so we we might be saved by grace okay jesus died for my sins i don't have to you know earn my salvation we might buy that but when it comes to our daily life and our leadership we tend to function that god is using me because of how well i've done so we're as good as our last success but what happens when you stop doing being as good for whatever reason maybe you're in a slump uh, you know, people who have written bestsellers always say that that's the worst thing that could happen to you because you always fear, I'm never going to do another one again like that. And you might or you might not. The point is, in, in Christ's economy, he's not using you because of how well you've done so far, but because of how much he loves you. And this John 21 passage that I read for you should be enough of an example of that because here's Peter, who, by the way, is about to move into Pentecost and become one of the main leaders in the church. And up to now, he's failed. And yet Jesus... Uh, uh, loves him 
And it's Christ's love for him. He's chosen him and appointed him. And last week we talked about John 15, uh, the verses where we read uh, that he chose us and appointed us to be his, uh, his kids and his, his people. And so God isn't hoping you'll never fail. He's not like sitting in heaven going, I hope Lena doesn't blow it this time. I hope she doesn't fail again. No, he's counting on our failure in a way because he wants to use our failure for good. He knows that failure makes us dependent. Failure makes us... No, he's not sadistic. It's not he's like, oh, I hope Nina fails because I need her to be more dependent. No, but he, he knows that there's good in this. And so failure is sometimes just part of the process. And there are times when it happens because we need it to happen and others were just used by God for good, always used by God for good if you're yielding to him. I mean, sometimes it happens because God is trying to get our attention. There's a lot of reasons things happen. I don't know why they're happening in your life, but all I know is that he loves you and he will use you not because of who you are, but because of who he is. And he's not hoping you'll never fail, but he's counting on using your failure for good. So your failure, not a surprise to God, never a surprise to God. Here's a second thought. Your failure is a means to an end. Your failure is a means to an end. I'm going to read you Luke chapter 22 in verse 31. This is pre-crucifixion when, when Peter and Jesus were having a talk about what was to come. Um, Jesus says this to Peter, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. And... Uh, and of course, later, Peter said to him in the next verse, Lord, I'm ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Jesus says, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day until you deny three times that you know me. So I, I don't want to focus on the second half. I want to focus on the first half where Jesus says to Peter, listen, there is a spiritual attack going on over your soul. But when you come back, when, when you're a success, when, when you see what's happening and you recognize who I am, when you humbly see that you're not as great as you think you are, I'm going to use it for good. And so is it any wonder that A, Peter became one of the greatest leaders in the New Testament, but also that he changed from a guy who thought he could do anything to a guy who became dependent on the Lord. And we see in Acts the story of Peter and just a different sort of man. You know? And I think that failure brings in us a vulnerability and a, and a connection with other humans that I think nothing else can do. And I think about those painful episodes in my life that I've written about, that I will continue to write about, that... Uh, are, have been the, the, the building blocks of our ministry. It hasn't been our successes, it's been our failures. It's been my failures that have connected me to people and helped me understand what it means to be hurting and disappointed and, and all of the stuff, the baggage that comes with it. And God has used it for good, and I see it in my life, and I know you see it in yours. So if you're a leader, I think especially God will use your failures to make you a better leader, a more dependent leader. The purpose of your failure is to change you on the inside out. There's a sensitivity after failure. There's a humbleness, a brokenness, a holy handicap. The purpose of your failure is sometimes meant to realign your calling. I've seen that in my life. I'm going down a path and I'm so convinced this is the path and it is only a failure that will make me stop going down the path. That's how our birth, our ministry was birthed in the Middle East. I, want, I had no intention to go back to the Middle East ever. I moved away in 1987 with my family and never wanted to go back. But it, was, it wasn't so much a failure as a, as a disaster. I left my church. I mean, it was a sort of a failure. My book sort of flattened out. I didn't get a lot of speaking engagements. I started praying, God, what do you want me to do? You've called me to ministry. Nothing that I want is happening. And God redirected our calling and opened the door for us to do work in the Middle East that I never would have imagined. And so that will often happen. The purpose of failure is sometimes meant to realign your calling. And the purpose of failure is sometimes hard to see right now. 
Some of you are more intuitive than others. Right away, you fail and you go, I know exactly what God is doing. The most of us are not like that. Most of us go through some temper tantrums, some growing pains, and then eventually come, like Peter, we go out on the boat to fish. We say, I'm quitting the ministry. I can't do this anymore. And God meets us in those places. He comes to us, and sometimes in very awesome, miraculous breakthroughs and others, in the quiet whispers of our souls like Elijah. My story tends to be more like Elijah. I, 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 don't, I don't get the 153 fish, but I get the whisper of God in my brokenness and my pain. And I think they're equally powerful. So your failure is never a surprise to God. It, it is a means to an end. And uh, these are important you know, stones to get under your feet when you think about overcoming failures. And then thirdly, this will give you hope. Your failure is not the end of your story. Okay? It is not. It was the beginning of Peter's story. What started as a failure in John 21 turned into a freedom and a promise and a launching into his calling. And it's easy for us to give up on our story in a season of failure. But faith looks past our failure to the word of God and hinges everything on what God has promised, on his goodness, on his faithfulness to us. I found in those seasons of failure that I have a hard time doing that. And sometimes it is the strength of community. They have faith for me. It's like people holding your arms up when you're tired, like the picture of Moses at the battle. I confess that when I'm in a slump of failure, I don't see the goodness. I don't see how it's going to change. And I've wanted to quit so many times. But it is often, it, the older I've gotten in ministry, the more I've walked in ministry, the more I've seen that what has kept me from quitting um, is the people around me who have enough faith to hold me through those seasons and to remind me of God's word and to pray me past my, my own despair. Uh, and I, I and we got to grow from there so that as we get older, we are able to process these things in a more godlike fashion. It's important to rest in God's goodness and character when life is bad and just wait. Just stand still and see the salvation of God. So much of the Old Testament battles, that's all God wanted them to do at the Red Sea. When the Egyptian armies come behind them, they were facing the Red Sea. They just said, just stand and see the salvation of the God, of the Lord who's coming to you today. And so, so sometimes you don't have to do anything. You don't have to come up with a plan. Well, I failed. Now, what, what's my strategy to come out of this hole? Nothing. You don't need to make a strategy. You just need to um, stop and wait on God and rest in hope and uh, meditate and grow in the areas of uncommon communion and become more intimate with God during those areas. And it, you can't do that unless you believe that God is for you. Otherwise, you're going to alienate and isolate from him, which is going to make that season even harder. And so remember that God didn't choose, choose you because of your potential, but because of his. He loves you, even in your failure. And uh, it's common for God's chosen people to fail, but divine for God's people to finish well and strong despite their failure. Failure is more about showing us who God is than it is about making us stronger. I'm going to end with this idea because I think this is essential. We live in a culture where we hear the language a lot. Failure is about making you stronger. Failure makes you stronger. Failure makes you stronger. And we come out of failure thinking like we've got to be better now. And uh, our skin is thicker and we can bulldoze our way through the next, you know, and that's what many of us try to do. And for a season in my life, that's what I've tried to do. Well, I'm, they can't get me down. I'm going to come back up and try this 10 other ways. And, and, and But eventually, back in a place of failure. Why? Because the point hasn't, in God's economy, the point wasn't to get me stronger 
but showing me who God is and put me in a place of dependence. So the verse I read in John 21 last, feed my sheep, truly, truly, I say to you, when you are young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. And that to me has always been such a picture of dependence. Adults don't let somebody else dress them. The only people who need help dressing are babies and the elderly when they become too incapacitated to dress themselves. And it's humbling and humiliating. I remember when my dad was sick and he did the help with the basic chores of life and, and it's humiliating. And yet Jesus uses this example with Peter, like the, strong, the older you are in the faith, the more dependent you need to be. And sometimes in my life, uh, it's been failure that has reminded me of that. And yet here in Peter, we see this ample, opportunity to hope and seeing that failure was not the end of his story but really just the beginning so if you're listening today you're in a season of failure maybe you've been questioning what is success we spent a couple of seasons uh, episodes here talking about leadership uh, defining success re redefining success and now how to overcome your failures listen god loves you he has a plan for you he's not done for you you listen to these words they're not gimmicks they're the truth and if you need encouragement uh, you need to discuss your situation. You have a question about your leadership um, problems, etc., etc. Email me at lena at livingwithpower.org. If you just want to share this episode with someone, we would love for you to do that on social media. Hey, um, download our app. Uh, you'll find all kinds of fun stuff there. Or go to our website, check out what we have. Sign up for our da daily power minutes. They will bless you, I'm telling you. Put yourself in a place where you're immersed in the Word of God. Our culture is immersing us with worldly thoughts all day long. The only way we can have peace is to overcome them with the truth of God's word. And so we have, are trying to create resources to help you do that because that is indeed when you'll feel strong in this world. Hey, we love you guys and we can't wait to be back with you next time. Have an awesome day.